0: witness to Jesus, okay, that has no spiritual power accomplishes nothing, okay? But on the flip side, spiritual power that does not witness to Jesus has no purpose. And so we can kind of go on one end to the other, right? So, I mean, there's times where even in my personal life, I really hungered for the Spirit. I was like, oh, yes, like this. And so, you know, when I first came to know the Lord, I, I used to pray. I'll be like, dear God, blah, blah, blah. And then I'd be like, oh, Jesus, This this is this, and then Holy Spirit, because in my mind, I was like, I don't want them to feel left out. (laughs) So I started to pray to each. Okay, but the reason that Caleb and I are going through the Holy Spirit sermon uh, series is because John 16, 14, 15 states, this is talking about the Holy Spirit, he will glorify me and he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine, therefore I say that he will take what is mine and declare to you. So it's not that we want to overemphasize Holy Spirit, because Holy Spirit is there as a deposit in us to ultimately point us back to Jesus. And then if you read the Gospels, it talks about how Jesus is constantly doing stuff to point back to the Father. I do this in accordance with my Father, and I'm one with the Father. So it's not that we want to overemphasize Holy Spirit, but... Holy Spirit lives in us, and he's the one that shows us Jesus and Father. And so we felt like we wanted to bring a little bit more teaching in this area because sometimes it's also an area that people don't like to talk about or it's like, ooh, he's like a little cloud or like it's very mystified. So I did want to clarify that. 1 um, Corinthians two Corinthians two says, For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. So this, as Christians, is our focal point, is us knowing Jesus Christ, him crucified, and the power of that salvation. Okay, so I have this quote because I think it shares better what I meant to preach two weeks ago. Okay, It says, spiritual gifts and being empowered by the Spirit has an ultimate purpose. It's for equipping and enabling us to bear witness, both individually and corporately, For the saving work of Jesus Christ through death on his cross and his bodily resurrection. Whenever we begin to focus on spiritual gifts for their own sake, we are headed for trouble. As Christians, we are always in danger of going into one or two extremes. Placing too little emphasis on the gifts and presence of the Holy Spirit robs us of power, while placing too much robs us of vision and direction because it takes our eyes off Jesus this is Maha Shavda. So when I was reading through this, I was like, oh, this is, this is what I meant to say. <laughs> and so I wanted to share about this uh, today before we start. Don't worry, I'll keep it short today, okay? Um, one of my favorite, like, authors and speakers is Derek Prince, right? He's kind of like the father of, like, healing and deliverance, they call him. And I was listening to his podcast one time, and he was like, Spirit-filled Christians, or people who have encountered the Spirit should not l- kind of like lord it over people like hey like i'm so special but because we've been empowered we should be able to love more deeply and serve the body of christ better and i was like wow he put it into perfect rhetoric what i always sensed when i sometimes saw people like who were like very like oh like you know like oh like yeah you don't like do spiritual gifts and like what's around and i i, I always felt like so grieved and i'm like oh that's so dumb (laughs) why are they doing that but this is kind of like what i was reminded of okay is that with the empowerment is we should be more responsible to love others well okay all right so now i'm going to uh go into my sermon today and what jock's read jock read was first corinthians 14 and so what i want to preach about today is speaking in tongues This is a very controversial issue uh, in terms because this really puts a divide in the church where we have one group of people who are cessationists and believe, okay, these gifts were dead when the Bible canonized and the apostles needed this power, they needed this stuff, but because we have the Bible today, we don't need that, okay? And then you have the other end and the other spectrum which talks about, oh, we need to have these gifts in operation for equipping. And so, a lot of Pentecostals actually believe that if you do not have tongues, that you're you're not saved. So there's a very very wide range of people. This gift is dead, or uh, the middle where it's like, oh, we think it's there, but I don't need it. <laughs> it's too strange and bizarre, which it is. Okay, and then you have your other spectrum, which talks about if you don't have this, you're not saved, right? So it it brings a big divide into churches today. So What I want to bring to you today is scripture, and I want to present to you uh, my thoughts, Okay, but I also do want to to let you guys know that, please, uh, sermons are always a place for you guys to listen to the scripture and that bring that before the Lord to see what your personal convictions are, because as individual believers, we need to be convicted of what we read and what we see the Lord is, right? So... I think it's awesome. I'm sure everyone in this room has different convictions of different topics, whether like, you know, bigger topics or not as, like, kind of smaller topics, like whatever, like pre rapture or post rapture or pre millennial or all these, like, different theological things. But I do want to say that I believe we still can be united regardless of these things. Because as long as the, the very important things of us being unified in Christ. The crucifixion and the resurrection, that's all we need. Amen. Okay, so we still can be unified. I do want to present these things to you uh, because for me, I did not grow up with this kind of theology. I grew up very Baptist where they talked about the gifts were dead. And, you know, so for me, it's hearing this teaching begin to awaken like this hunger and desire for God. And so I'm presenting these things to you today to ask that you will have open mind and open heart. And ask that the Lord will take you on a journey for wherever you guys are, okay? All right, so I want to present two scripture, which Apostle Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 14, okay, about tongues, which it seems in opposition with one another, okay? Have you guys, like, read the Bible? In different parts of the Bible, it talks about, like, oh, receive like a child. Come to the Lord with faith and receive, And you're like, okay, okay, this is what I need to do. All the parts of the scripture talks about like, oh, you need to fight, fight, fight for your breakthrough. So it's like, what is it? Do I fight for my breakthrough or do I receive like a child? Okay? There's so many paradoxes and things in scripture because why does God do that? To confuse us? Rhetorical, okay? But he brings us that because there's different parts of his personality and with Holy Spirit in us, He begins to lead us in different times and different seasons, right? So have you guys noticed that when you're going through a time of healing and you're really angry about something, you feel like, oh, God's justice. He's a just God, and he's going to take my revenge because that's something God wants to highlight, right? Or it's like forgiveness, okay? But I'm going to present these two scriptures to you because I kind of want to draw forth through these things, okay? So first, let's first turn to 1 Corinthians 14. Okay, you guys there? All right. Okay, so 1 Corinthians 18, this is Apostle Paul. He says, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. 1 Corinthians 14, 18, okay? I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. That's what Apostle Paul is saying, okay? Go now to verse 27 in chapter 14. If any speak in a tongue, let there be only two or at most three, and each in turn and let someone interpret. But if there is no one to interpret, let each of them keep silent in church and speak himself and to God. Right? Okay, and then also uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 13. Therefore, one who speaks in a tongue should pray that he may interpret. Okay? Okay. But also in another part of 1 Corinthians, Paul says, do not forbid the speaking of tongues, (laughs) right? So if you read the scripture, like, wait, 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 I'm confused. Are we supposed to, he's telling us, don't pray in tongues unless there's an interpretation. Okay, on the other part, he's saying, I speak in tongues more than all of you and do not forbid this, okay? So we're going to kind of break this down a little bit, okay? Um, We're going to go, let's see. Okay, okay. so we're going to go first to uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 18, okay? I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. Okay, we're going to take these kind of scriptures and see why is he opposing himself or what is Paul trying to break down, okay? So what I want to present to you is that there's actually two types of speaking in tongues, okay? The first one we're going to talk about is breaking down 1 Corinthians fourteen twenty seven. okay? This is where Paul historical background, okay, the Church of Corinth was very unorderly, and they were kind of like, oh, I have the better spiritual gift, no, 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 I can prophesy, or I can do these things, and so they're feeling very puffed up in the sense like, oh, I'm better than you because I can prophesy, in other words, I know I'm better than you because I can speak in tongues, okay, so Apostle Paul is trying to bring order in terms of a corporate service, and in terms of as we gather together, Right? Okay, let's take a look at uh, 14. Okay, uh, let's go to 14:20, 22. Therefore, tongues are a sign not to those who believe, but to unbelievers. But prophesying is not for unbelievers, but for those who believe. Therefore, if the whole church comes together in one place and all speak with tongues and there come in those who are uninformed or unbelievers, will they not say that you are out of your mind? Okay, we'll stop there. Okay, so here Apostle Paul's talking about the corporate setting. Now, we want to be uh, a light and a salt to all those around us, right? But if a new bo- if an unbeliever comes into the room and all of us are like, like speaking in tongues, you're like, oh, they're... These people are psychological I'm going to leave, right? (laughs) They're going to go out, right? So Apostle Paul is trying to establish here, hey, when when you're in a corporate setting, we need to be mindful of unbelievers. Okay, there needs to be a correct order. Okay? Uh, Let's keep continuing. Okay, verse 27. If anyone speaks in a tongue, let there be two or at the most three, each in turn. Okay, he's trying to establish order. And let one interpret. But if there's no interpreter, let him keep silent in church, and let him speak to himself and to God. Okay, so this portion of Scripture is talking about speaking in tongues as a gift to the corporate body. Okay, now uh, Caleb kind of gave an introduction to spiritual gifts last week, right? And so in this passage, in the beginning part, it talks about how we should eagerly desire to prophesy. And that's because as a corporate body and as a church, when we prophesy, we edify each other. We build each other up. Now, in the same way, uh, the, the public gift of tongues acts as prophecy. So if someone gets up and they start speaking in tongues, they have like a prophetic, oh, like I feel like God's telling me to do this. The interpreter will now interpret this, what this person is saying, and now it becomes just like prophecy where it exhorts the whole body, okay? So Apostle Paul is showing here, hey, you have to <laughs> do it in order. It has to edify the church. It can't be all of you up and going and who's saying because there's no order and no one will be edified. It's just chaos. Okay, So he's giving strict guidelines for the gift of tongues as a public gift. Okay, Now let's go back to 1 uh, Corinthians 14, 18. Ah oh, sorry, thirteen. Okay, can we go there? First uh, Corinthians fourteen, thirteen. Therefore, let him who speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is the conclusion then? I will pray with the spirit, and I will also pray with the understanding. I will sing with the spirit, and I also sing with understanding. Otherwise, if you bless with the spirit, how will he who occupies the place of the uninformed say amen? Okay, so he's talking about the corporate setting again. At your giving of thanks, since he does not understand what you, you say. For you indeed give thanks well, but the other is not edified. Okay, so here it's kind of mixing it up here, okay? Because you, you can get concepts of uh, the gift of tongues as your prayer language and also with the, the uh, spiritual gift. Okay, but here, Apostle Paul goes to 18, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than, all, than you all, yet in the church I would rather speak five words with my understanding that I may teach others also than ten thousand words in a tongue. Okay, this gets very confusing because he goes back and forth. Okay, so remember the first, uh, first one he's talking about is the gift of uh, speaking in tongues as a spiritual gift to encourage the church must always come with interpretation, and it must be orderly so that everyone can be encouraged. Okay, Here, I believe the Apostle Paul is talking about his private prayer language of the gift of tongues. Now, I talked about in my sermon a couple weeks ago, but I believe that if you're baptized with the Spirit, that you have the ability to speak in tongues. So I've met people who, when they're baptized with the Spirit, they get uh, their prayer language on the spot, Other people, it takes some waiting, and other people are still waiting, okay? But um, it's there, as I believe, as a way to edify and encourage you, okay? So let's kind of break down this text. So, okay, verse 14, 14. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. Okay, so here, when you pray in your prayer language, you don't know what you're praying because it's like, oh, what is this? It's like this weird foreign language. Okay, your mind doesn't know, but your spirit prays. So our bodies, ourselves, we're made up of mind. Why are you doing that? (laughs) Just kidding. Sorry, mind. Your mind, which is your logical brain, what you think and your thoughts. Okay, it talks about, the Bible talks about soul often, which can also be translated into heart. Okay, so this is like your personal will. This is what I want to do. Or this makes me happy. These are like your emotions. And then it talks about we are have a spirit, okay, which is our, the Bible says like inner man or spirit man, okay, anyway. But we have a spirit, okay, which supersedes all three. So when we're an unbeliever, we don't know Christ, our spirit is dead. So we're only functioning from our heart and our mind. But when we submit ourselves to Christ and his lordship and salvation, now our spirit becomes alive. So Holy Spirit comes and dwells with us. Ooh, we have fellowship with Holy Spirit and our spirits are having fellowship together. Okay, So here he's talking about when you pray in tongues, your spirit is edified. So when you're praying in tongues, you're like, whatever. Okay, you don't, Sometimes you don't understand what's going on. Okay? But the next verse, it says, what is the conclusion then? I will pray with the spirit and I will also pray with the understanding. So Apostle Paul is saying, hey, yeah, pray in tongues okay, from your spirit, but also pray with your mind. Okay, you can go back and forth. So sometimes when I'm like in my prayer closet and I don't know what to pray, I just pray in tongues because I'm like, oh, I need help. I'm feeling anxious or whatever, and I start praying in tongues, and then I'll start to get more understanding. I'll say, oh, okay, I, I start to pray for these things with my actual words, okay? Uh, where are we here? Okay. Verse 16, otherwise, if you bless with the spirit, how will he occupy the place of the uninformed, say amen, of giving thanks? So this is talking about the corporate. For you indeed give thanks well, but the other is not edified. I thank my God I speak with tongues more than all of you. Yet in my in the church I would rather speak five words with understanding that I may teach also than 10,000 words in a tongue. Okay, so the next part talks about tongues as a sign to an unbeliever. Okay, so this is, if we look at Acts 2-4, this is the first Jewish believers. Okay, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. In Acts 10, 44-46, while Peter was still saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the word. And the believers from among the circumcised who had come with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out even on the Gentiles. Okay, so... Their apostles and the disciples, 120 of them, are in the upper room. They start praying, and then they get this unknown tongue where they they all have tongues of fire, and they all start speaking, right? So we keep reading that Jews had come into Jerusalem, and they were all there from all kinds of diaspora, from all kinds of different countries, and they heard, why are they speaking in my tongue? Right, so this is what it's talking about when it's talking about sign of for unbelievers. I have heard, although this has not happened to myself, where people will pray in tongues and it's another language. So there's this like white guy who's a um, praise leader, okay, and then he got sent to Korea, and then when he would pray in tongues, apparently he would speak Korean. I think his name's Scott Brenner, right? And so even for me personally, I went on this mission trip like 2009 to China. And it was kind of like a vision trip where we kind of would kind of prayer walk and kind of sense what the Lord is doing. And so, you know, we're praying, and then I, I start kind of praying in tongues. And I kid you not, it sounded like Chinese, right? And so I go to my the team preacher, and I'm like, hey, hey, l- listen to my tongues, it changed. And I was like, oh, no, 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 okay, sorry, no offense. Uh, but I started praying, and he was like, looked at me, he's like, foolishness. <laughs> And I was like, no, I'm not making this up. I swear. <laughs> I did this. So I had this faith back then because I was like, no, I feel like I'm speaking Chinese. And so this is in the summertime. Uh, have Have you guys been to China in the summer? Men, it's like really strange. A lot of like Chinese men in the countryside, they lift up their shirts where their bellies hang out because it's really hot. So like you always see crop top Chinese men like everywhere because they're hot, right? So we were walking around, and I saw one of them, and I was like – I told my like partner, I was like, hey, I'm gonna talk to that guy. I'm gonna speak in tongues, and then come with me, and we're gonna see if he <laughs> understands, right? So we go to him, and then we kind of approach together, cause I'm trying to be wise and you know whatever. So I kind of tap him on the shoulder. And he like turns around with his belly, and so I was like, and I start speaking in tongues, right? And I was like, he's gonna understand. He's gonna understand. And so I'm like, and then he <laughs> well, he just gives me this blank stare. So I kept going for like about 30 seconds. I was like, okay, this guy doesn't understand. Sorry, I'm sorry, I'm foreigner. bye. (laughs) And so I go, okay? So that was not an example of speaking in tongues for language. But I kid you not, once I was on the plane and left, it stopped. Right? And so to this day, I think back, because I was like, I was ready for that testimony to be like, all of a sudden, a hymn get healed. It didn't happen, okay? But this is also, God will use, signs or tongues as a sign to the unbeliever, right? So one of my favorite um, ministers is John Bevere. You guys know him? As he was talking about in his service, one of his team started feeling like really like, oh, I need to go pray in tongues. So she started praying in tongues quietly. And then there was a guy a couple rows ahead of her who turned to her and was like, hey, you speak like really good French with even the most perfect accent. And she was like, I don't speak French. I just know parlez-vous anglais, (laughs) like in like a very Americanized tone. And he was like, no, 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 you were speaking in French. And when you prayed, you were speaking in Scripture, and then John Bevere would say that exact Scripture in English. And so this guy was like a professor, and he became safe through that act. Okay. So God can use tongues as a sign to the unbeliever. Sorry, guys, I'm kind of like all over the place. Okay. So that, right? Okay. So you can speak in an unknown tongue in a language, and the one is like a tongue where you, you just have no idea what you're, what you're you're saying, right? And then two is the uh, spiritual, the actual spiritual gift, right? So I want to talk a little bit about some fears, okay, regarding the gift of tongues. And I speak in tongues, I try to speak in tongues a lot, but I do want to say I think it's really strange, and I think it's very bizarre. And I have this um, pastor friend in Seoul who's like, he's like Jesus because <laughs> he like works with orphans and <laughs> he's he's really holy, right? And when we were on a mission trip together to the Philippines, he kept kind of encouraging us to speak in tongues, but he, his tongues is really ugly and very weird, right? And so he would always cover his mouth while he prayed in tongues because it's, like, a lot of, like, and like, a lot of, like, you know, different things. And so after the service was over and God really moved powerfully, he, like, kind of looked at me. He's, like, see all those kids over there? There's, like, this group of Filipino kids. And they're, like, they're all pointing at me while I was speaking in tongues. <laughs> and I just think that's so funny because this guy is so straight. And so, like, orderly, like, engineer type that he would, like, have this tongues that's very bizarre. Okay, but I do want to first say, it is strange. Even people who speak in tongues regularly think it's weird. And at times, you're like, am I a crazy person for doing this? Because I don't understand. My mind is unfruitful. Why am I doing these things, right? So, I want to encourage you. Yes, we feel foolish. Okay? But the Bible says... The foolish things sometimes shame the wise, right, of the world. And so one fear is that you're going to look foolish, I think, that people have. And you do look a little foolish, but I would like to exhort you to look past that, okay? Another fear, this I've encountered with people a lot, actually, is their question is, will I experience a counterfeit experience, okay? Because with every spiritual gift, there's a counterfeit, right? So, for instance, for the gift of prophecy, where God and the Holy Spirit is bringing inspiration, you also have what? Fortune tellers, right? Where demons give information and they have, you know, different stuff, right? So, with every gift, there is a counterfeit. So, I do want to say that, yes, I'm sure that there is a counterfeit of tongues, right? I heard from my friend that when she went on missions, she heard like this this native speaking in tongues and she like felt like her like her hairs rise on her things. So I was like, oh I've never encountered that that kind of demonic tongue but I do want to say that I'm sure there is a counterfeit although I've never come across it okay but let's uh, turn our Bibles to Luke 11:11. 11, 11. Okay, Luke 11, 11, uh, 11, through 13. Okay, I'll read it. Please follow along. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent, or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Okay, so if you are a Christian and you are hungry for more of God, and you ask him, Holy Spirit, I want more of you, whatever this is talking about, of empowering or his tongues. And you pray earnestly, I believe that God is a good father and he will give you to those who ask. Okay, four, I think another fear is it will control me. Like it's, and you're not going to have control over it, right? It's kind of like speaking um, two languages. You guys are, some of you are bilingual, right? So I, I can sometimes, uh, my son will be like, oh, mom, I'm looking for my murtong. Murtong is uh, like water bottle. And he goes back and forth, right? Because he's like gets confused. And he's like, oh, something, something, blah, 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 blah. It's like, I'm, I'm trying to teach him, like, try to go in one stream and the other. But apparently, going back and forth is really good for the brain. Like, it shows that you have a high language capability. But tongues is like this. It's like speaking a language. So when you first were in high school and you had to take an elective as another language, you had to choose to kind of speak it and you could go back and forth to English like this. Okay, I believe that it's, I mean, in the rare case, sometimes Holy Spirit does come. But for the most part, you can control your own tongue. Okay? So you can speak English, speak in tongue, speak in Korean, and go back and forth. Okay, These are some fears I think are common fears. Okay, Let's talk about the uses and benefits of speaking a tongue. So, some say it's for the purpose of evangelism, and it can serve that purpose because it's it's a supernatural sign to the unbeliever. But tongues, I believe, is primarily a private prayer language used for unhindered communication between your spirit and the Lord. Okay, so first is personal edification. Okay, we talked about that in 1 Corinthians 14. Okay, two, speaking in tongues, it builds faith. Okay, so let's go to Jude 20. It's actually Jude 1, verse 20. Okay, but you, beloved, building yourself up in, in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit. Okay, so as you pray in the Holy Spirit and you pray in tongues, your faith gets built up. Okay, so a long time ago, before I was married and before Caleb and I were dating, so I shared before, like, I like I'm, like i like, really into fun, right? So, boom, boom, boom. So for a while, I was really into drinking and clubbing because I, I, let's face it, that can be fun too, Okay? <laughs> So I was I, I encountered the Holy Spirit in a powerful way, and then I was like, okay, I'm going to stop living this way. And so I still very much had a heart for my non-Christian friends, right? Because initially, my first two years in Korea were basically just bar hopping and then drinking a lot. So it was all social, all social, and that's all we did. And so for a time being, I needed to take a break, which I think is wise, okay? Because if, if drinking and certain whatever sins you're struggling with It's good to take a break and get strong. So after I felt strong and I felt like, oh, I feel strong in the Lord, I started attending my non-Christian friends' (laughs) birthday parties. And I saw it as a sign for, I was like, oh, this is perfect because I can, now I'm strong enough to kind of see what God will do. And so I loved it when they would invite me to birthday parties, okay? But me being wise, I always brought along a friend Which was my roommate, who was also previous mission director of our church. (laughs) Like, hey, hey, we're gonna go to we're gonna go to We're going to this club for this birthday, so we're like, oh, hooray, right? So, we we go to this club in kind of like the main area of the place, and so I go in and I feel strong, right? I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll I'll be good, right? But at the time, I had only been around men at our church, right, at our at New Philly, and they're very well mannered and they don't try to like flirt with me or you know so i had not been in that kind of environment in a long <laughs> time right so i go in and then i start like talking with people and start and majority i'm sure a majority of them are non-christians and so and you know what let's just be real they're good looking and they're tall right <laughs> and so i'm kind of talking with them and then and then you know how like you know some guys do that where they're like oh yeah they talk with you and then they they put your hand on like your waist like this and I was like, oh, oh I like, lo- oh no, 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 I cannot do this. <laughs> and so, and I was like, kind of conversing with this guy. He's like really good looking, tall. And then he like does that, and I'm like, oh, I need to get out of here. <laughs> and so I, I, I told my friend Lisa, I was like, hey, you okay? You, you all good? She, 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 she reconnected with like a girlfriend that we knew. She's so, so I, I leave, I leave the club, and I call my best friend Anita. Like Anita, I'm at this club. There's a lot of good-looking guys, and this guy touched my waist, and I feel really flustered. Can you pray for me? <laughs> so she prays for me, and then and then I, I didn't feel good to go back, so I was just like, okay, all right, I got this. So then I just start praying in tongues, right? So I'm ca- quietly because I don't want to look like a psycho, right? So I, I I'm walking the streets of Abuja and I'm praying in tongues. And I'm praying in tongues. I'm like, Lord, I want to get married. Lord, keep me pure. <laughs> you know, different types of things. So I'm praying these things. I felt—I I don't know what happened. It's like I felt strength. Like I felt all my like, oh, temptations <laughs> and all this stuff slide away. It took about 15 minutes, me praying in tongues. After I got friend from my very anointed friend, prayer from my anointed friend, I was like, okay, I feel strong. I feel strong. I feel—I feel okay now. And so, I was like, Holy Spirit, is it okay to go back? And then I went back. And so, I—I I go down. But it's weird. As I start going into the club, I see this guy i had not reconnected with in a long time so we're like oh hey blah 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 and i I felt this in my spirit like you need to talk to him and so i was like oh okay there's purpose for me being here (laughs) so we had this long talk and i got to pray with him and he felt really encouraged and really edified and then i left and i was like man i I need to be more wise (laughs) but in my faith at that moment right then holy spirit still meets us where we're at, amen, right, so I went there, and I felt, oh, I need more faith, and I need I need help, and so praying in tongues really kind of did that for me, okay, okay, we went one, two, right, personal edification, benefits of praying in tongues, two, it builds faith, okay, three, it enables us to consistently pray the perfect will of God, okay, this comes from, uh, maybe just jot this as a reference, 1 Corinthians 14, 2, Okay, but also comes from Romans 8:26 to 27. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts know what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purposes. Okay, how many times do you feel like, you know, you feel like, oh, you know, sometimes you wake up on the other side of the bed and you're like, oh, why do I feel all this anxiety or like why do I feel all this, right? And so you're like, oh, I need to pray, but you're not sure what to pray because your mind is like all, you know, where you feel like all chaotic sometimes. Okay, This is a great way if you pray in tongues, you know that, ah, uh, now my spirit is connecting with Holy Spirit and as Romans 8 says we start to intercede with perfect will of God okay which is awesome okay so take a look at those verses hopefully when you guys go home okay fourth benefit of speaking in tongues it's great for spiritual warfare okay so this uh, verse reference is Ephesians 6 11 through 18. Okay, it's very long, so please read this on your own time. But this is the whole armor of God passage about the helmet and the breastplate. Okay, I'm going to um, jump to verse 16, okay? In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication, oh, to that keep... And keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Okay, so there's times, like, I preached two weeks ago, right? And then I happened to go to Suyonglo Church, which is, like, the biggest church in Busan, and came across this, like, event, which was, like, a, it was, like, all-day fasting and praying for moms, right? So it's, like, all the moms in Busan all gathered together, and they're fasting and praying for whatever. So... My crane's not that good, so I just got the gist, right? So, uh, I was like, oh, I should go to this, right? So, uh, and, and as I was like, I was like, oh, uh, but I don't want to fast, cause, because I don't want to be tired, because <laughs> I, I get really hungry and I get really cranky, so, and I need to prepare for my sermon, so I don't, I don't think I should do that. It was my initial, but you know, as I was, I was like, oh, I feel, I just kept feeling, feeling this like nudge to fast, and I was like, hmm. <laughs> That's exactly exactly how it went. So I was like, okay, so that day I went, and I, I fasted and I prayed. Okay, But it was like too long, so I only stayed for a little bit. So Suyong Noh is really great because they have the, all these prayer rooms, right? So you get a private prayer room, and even if you don't go to that church, they let you use it. That's so cool, right? Okay, so I went into the prayer room for about however long, and I just was praying in tongues and praying different things, right? And that day I was like, oh, okay, maybe I'll just do half a day fast. And I'm like, it's just too hard. I, I have kids. And but I felt the unction to keep praying and fasting. So that day, I prayed and fasted, right? Fasted. Praying in tongues and whatever. Okay, so I just was like, what? Is, why do I feel this way? Blah, blah, blah. And and So anyway, fast forward two days. I'm prepping for my sermon, and I get this text from my sister that my dad had a heart attack, right? It's one of those, um, sorry, this is us reference again, but <laughs> the dad on the show has the same type of heart attack, right? And so this heart attack is like it can't be really, you can't just see it it just happens out of nowhere and then I, I read on the internet that actually high school students kept getting this type of heart attack right, randomly, and that they would die on the football field, right? It's called the widow maker heart attack, but let's not come into agreement with those words, okay, but that's what they call it, okay? And so This is the type of heart attack that my dad had, okay, but Looking back, and I I was, like, texting my sister and trying to talk with her. This dude is, like, a silly guy because he woke up, like, 5 in the morning with my sister at the house. She lives our way, but she happened to be sleeping there that day. And then he was, like, "Oh, feeling pain, tried to go back to sleep. He took some tums, and then the pain wouldn't go away. So this dude drove himself to the hospital, right, which is, like, a 20-minute-away drive on the highway. And so when I heard that, I'm like, cry. (laughs) <laughs> I was, like, all over the place. And then I was like, oh, is this why God had me fast and pray? Because can you imagine? He's having a heart attack on the way to the hospital, right? <laughs> Something could have very well happened on that ride. If it's like he got a morbid, woo, who, who knows? He could have crashed or whatever. I was like, oh, that's how I felt. It's exactly how I felt. Why would you do that? But then I was like, oh, thank God I... Prayed in tongues and fasted two days prior because I was like, man, I had no idea this was gonna happen, but God knows, right? And so, tongues can be an awesome way to battle against the enemy with spiritual warfare, right? With things that we do not know. Okay, last one. A key to move. It's a speaking in tongues is a key to moving in the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Okay, I want to give you guys these references just to look up on your own time. Uh, look at John 7:38. Acts 2.39 and Mark 16, 17 through 18. I find that sometimes when I wake up on the wrong side of the bed, if I spend some time praying in tongues, I feel like a lift. Not always, okay? Because sometimes, you know, we're people and then we get depressed and, you know, different things will happen, okay? But sometimes it does help, okay? So I encourage you guys, whatever you feel, this kind of thing, and, and you can pray in tongues or ask God to help you. Okay, but we're all on our different journeys with whatever God is speaking to us. Okay, okay, I'm gonna close with this. Okay, this is uh, why can't I speak in tongues? Okay, this 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 section. Okay, for those of you who've been kind of desiring to speak in tongues as a prayer language, and you've been waiting, and you're not sure why. Okay, I want to present to you a couple things that ho- perhaps Holy Spirit will highlight so that you can take into the prayer closet. You okay, feel free also to talk to us or people you know about your process, okay? Because we're all a covenant community built to be with one another in our faith, but also each other. Okay, now, why can't I speak in the gift of tongues? Okay, believe the first reason is you may not have been baptized by the Spirit. Okay, so this is also another sermon which you may listen to. Okay, but those who have not experienced the empowering of the Spirit may not see the gift of tongues or the gifts manifest regularly in their lives. Okay, so just like the apostles in Acts, after they were empowered, they started seeing the signs and wonders in greater measure, because I believe that baptism of the Spirit and empowering is a key way for that. Okay, second reason why you might not be able to speak in tongues is intellectualism. Okay, a lot of people intellectualize their Christianity which I don't think is bad because God's given us our minds, and if you have a heart to study and do these things, I think you should go for it full force. Okay, But sometimes people are dominated by logic and reason instead of faith. Right, The intellectual focus is so much on the mind okay, that it doesn't, sometimes people don't focus on the spirit realm. Okay? But whenever you read scripture, it talks about there's a spirit realm that's real and a lot of activity that's going on. Some people may also put more weight on what others will think of them than they do God. Okay, This may not be you. I'm just throwing it out there if you feel like it could help you. okay. Some people, why can't I speak in tongues for three? Is Some people have a fear right? that you might be deceived by Satan. If this was a healthy fear, to keep in mind, when we ask God for the gift of tongues, the warning will be mentioned in the Bible. But in Luke 11, 11, 13, Jesus says the opposite. He assures us, That if we ask God for his gifts, he will not allow us to receive something evil or harmful. Okay, I do want to point out that we talked about the counterfeit gifts, that it is there. But I think with prayer and kind of different things, you guys will be able to kind of catch that. Okay, last one is fear of man. This is a basic human fear because none of us like to look foolish. Okay, and none of us like to be rejected. So I, I think, like, I have a ton of non-Christian friends back home, and I'm like, oh, what if they, like, saw me, like, at a service? Like, they would think I'm out of my mind, or, like, they'll be like, oh, she definitely has, like, Tourette, or, you know, with different things. So that's very real, okay? And some people have been rejected by former Christian friends when they set their hearts on seeking God and his spiritual gifts. I believe this is a valid fear, If we choo- but if we choose to follow God, we must count the cost, Okay? Um, Just because we turn off some of our Christian friends with the gift of tongues does not mean it is not valid. Oh, sorry. That's actually the last one. I'll be quick here, okay? How can I speak in tongues? For those of you (laughs) who do not speak and would like to, okay, if you know you've been baptized with the Spirit and you desire to speak in tongues but are having trouble, okay, here are some steps. This guy named Robert Heedler. I really like him because he wrote this book called um, "Empowered by the Spirit." It, it gives like great biblical context of like the indwelling work of the Spirit and the, the empowering. So if you haven't read it, I really recommend it. Okay, but one he says to examine your own, examine your own heart. Do you really desire this gift, or are there underlying fears and doubts that make you double-minded? If so, you need to confess these fears and doubts as sin. Second step, pray and wait on the Lord. Tell him you desire his gifts and ask him to release the gift of tongues to you. It might be helpful to have others others pray for you. Three, if it doesn't happen right away, don't give up. Remember, we are willing to ask repeatedly for that which we really want from God. And four, if you have prayed and are still not able, the problem probably lies with your mind refusing to yield control. Although techniques are not necessary, there are helpful ones in Hitler's book to overcome any minor obstacle. Now, I um, initially don't, uh, this uh, tongues thing is usually a seminar because with seminars, you can kind of break it down and you have more interaction, and I haven't actually preached on it. This is the first time, but I have been seeing the work of praying in tongues in my life recently because, you know, we're all human, and we kind of go through slumps and these kind of different things, and so I, I was kind of going through a slump, and watching one of John Bevere's uh, sermons about Holy Spirit, and I was like, oh, and I felt this, like, fresh wave, like, oh, this is, like, a gift that I have that's going to help me. Why haven't I been doing this? And so probably probably for the past, like, a month or two, I've been trying to spend more extended times praying. Now, it's not always, like, I'm holy and I'm sitting there, like, in my – sometimes I'm just washing the dishes and I just pray in tongues, right, because we don't have to use our mind. But I've started to see so much more, like, I feel more – I feel strong. Like I feel more exhorted and lifted and sounds like oh, I, I would like to present these things to you uh, as just a, as a gift for your personal edification and faith. Okay, can someone um, get Caleb out here? Okay, Let us bow our heads into a time of prayer.